When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast1.com presents the Ask Women Podcast, uh-huh. a place where two female comics and a professional wing girl get together to dissect the female mind. You don't know how I feel. And explain it to men in terms they can actually understand. Booze. Now, here's the lovely ladies of Ask Women. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women Podcast. I am Kristen Carney, one of your beautiful hosts. Here with me is Haley White, <laughs> comedic actress and writer, and of course, the lovely author, best-selling author, I should add, yes. and uh, relationship expert, Marnie Kinris. Yes. Hi. I love how you said the beautiful Kristen Carney. I said beautiful Kristen I know, Carney. I feel like your I know, you're self-esteem so positive. is getting better. Wow. Holy, that is the most embarrassing. That was like... <laughs> A Freudian slip or something. Wow. I know. Seriously, I we can't even have her on the show anymore. I, I no, did put I think, on eyeliner, so I do feel kind of confident. You do today. look really hot today. <laughs> Thank you. Last week I looked tired, usual. So. You do. Uh, maybe you were making up for it for last week. I, I I was. I was like top eyeliner and bottom eyeliner to make up for it. You well, know, it's real when it's a dual. <laughs> yeah, a dual day. All right. Well, that's kind of what I did when I was in high school. I remember like we had prom or whatever dance we would have. Like three weeks before, I would just look. Horrible. I would just make sure I looked dirty, didn't shower, and then like prom hit. I was like, damn, beauty. I look freaking yeah. amazing. And you yeah. make out with everybody. For sure. Like, does Marnie have a twin sister? For sure. I was a whore. It's all about low expectations and then blowing them out of the water. I am absolutely humiliated, though, that I said beautiful Christian. No, I love I it. I can't even believe that I said that. It caught my attention. I was like, what is happening? Holy is she shit, turning into a positive? Like, her? <laughs> no, I'm not. It was a slip and it was a mistake. I'll never say it again. <laughs> We'll um, forgive you. So we have some news right. um, for you guys this week. We are moving our show to Thursday. So normally it's been coming out on Tuesday, but now you can get a new episode from us every tu- um, every Thursday. So make sure that you set are, your alarm clock. For set it. your alarm. You're there and you're ready. A um, couple other things to announce to you guys. We are doing an Amazon contest. So the way this works is when you go to podcastone.com backslash ask dash women set that. You can go to the Amazon link and buy all your good stuff there. So when you're there, we want you guys to see how much you can spend. Spend those dollar dollar bills and whoever <laughs> wins, whoever makes spends the most money on Amazon gets a free coaching session with wait for it, drum roll. Our very own Marnie Kinray. Yes, a free coaching session with me where I can teach you and help you and help you tweak things that you need tweaked so that you can have a successful dating life with women. So, yeah, so get yeah. tweaked. Get yeah. tweaked with Marnie. Yeah, you have to buy it through our our page um, on Podcast One. So and we'll podcast, tweet, out, we'll tweet oh, yeah. out the link as well. I mean, you can, you can read it off, but we're definitely going to tweet it out several times so that you can just click on it and make it that easy. And the best yeah. way is just to bookmark it because it can be kind of hard to go in there every time and remember. Just, just bookmark it in your bookmarks and um, on podcast1.com backslash ask dash women and the winner will receive free coaching with Marnie. And it's for this month of July. Oh, yes. So, you know, there's not much time left in the month. No, what? seriously, get on it. Get on Start it. Start purchasing. So, get your ladies and Mo, how how were your July 4th weekends? I was in a wedding. Oh, so it was so good or bad. bad? I'm not sure. <laughs> it was awesome. I love weddings. I'm a sucker because I, I love an awkward dance floor. At one point, <laughs> there was only like about five of us out there, and we were all overserved, just getting down. 
And I had people next day like, you look like you had a good time last night. Yeah, but the person <laughs> who schedules their wedding on the 4th of July is just a giant asshole. So, I mean, I we had talked about that. There is, I feel like, 4th of July isn't one of those weekends that's like a huge getaway weekend. Uh, like Memorial Day or Labor Day. I feel like you're more of an asshole if you do it then. But... You know, yeah. Sometimes I mean, it's like, I it's like the birth too. of our nation, not of your love. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you're, you're like, saying keep, it's selfish of them it's to a be doing selfish. It. Keep the focus on what really matters. I do yes, feel the that. United States, that's exactly. what matters. So not I committed to, to having a really good time because I wasn't going to let that ruin my 4th of July. Yeah. Well, does, 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 does being at a wedding put you into uh, a different place because you are engaged now? Yes. In fact, I found myself being really critical. Yes. Really? Like, I would be too. I was hyper critical and like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? And <laughs> Is the voice that I use, but um, it was just strange. Mo is giving me this really like uncertain look. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm just thinking about weddings in general and how much I they could either go very bad yeah. or they could go fantastically. And one thing I've noticed at the weddings that I hate where it goes very bad is the bride is so consumed with the schedule for the yeah. day. Like, this is going to happen here, and then we're going to take pictures here, and then the white chariot's going <laughs> to come and pick us up, and it's going to be... I agree. And she is, like, completely miserable, and I'm like, this is the union of you two. Have a party, hang but out. Wait, wait, it's I have a question. Me, why are you, for you. Why are you so close to brides on their wedding day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you, like, the husband every time? You know, no, that's not why. I just notice little things like that, and I'm always, like, the guy who's invited to the wedding, and me and a couple other guy friends, we get invited purely to make the party. Really? Like and that is, that is I want to hang out with you. I have outside. to say, I feel like at weddings, it's just the formality of it is so serious. Like this was yeah. pretty traditional where mine's going to be kind of less traditional. And so it was kind of like, you know, there comes a point where you're like, you just want to like break the awkward silence. Like have some fun. Shake, shake yeah. some old people. Yeah. So Mo, how do you have fun at weddings? Because I I, like I have people who have run into me saying I've been dating this girl for three months and I have a wedding coming up. Should I bring her to the wedding? So number one, how do you have fun at weddings? And number two, should you bring girls to weddings if you've only been dating for three months? Because most likely you've been there when you've been single. too. You know, I'm going to tell this to my guys. You got to enjoy single weddings as much as you can before you become the old lockdown guy. Because there are True. some milfs ready to dance. Because there are <laughs> girls, the, the pumps are primed, right? In the middle, they say, right when they say yes, those women are ready to go, okay? So you got to enjoy as many as possible. And especially if it's weddings for your friends, you don't want your girl there. Like, you don't want to have to entertain your girl. You want to hang with the boys and party. For sure. So really, the key part is drinking that's number one get to know the bartenders get to know the people who are hanging at the bar because they're going to be the funnest people to hang with sure. they're the ones who are going to help you start the revolution um if you are <laughs> that's what happens when you enter the dance floor exactly if you are a pot smoker don't be afraid to bring some pot and to the wedding it, to the wedding yeah, because the brides then, are going to freak out then you become the pot guy and everyone loves the pot guy at the wedding they're like who's the pot guy it's kind of true and then they kind of take your pot and then they come back and they're ready to go so are we just speaking for thing. la people right now though maybe because no, no, <laughs> like, all of us are nodding our heads we're like yes we do like the pot no guy. i don't like the pot guy because i mean if i ever smoke i just get really sleepy so i don't ever uh, i don't smoke I so like i would just be like a party animal yeah, I I'd be know. in the hotel room sleeping. it's like you're up for anything kind of at a wedding but actually what i was getting at is like for for guys who are single at weddings what can they do to help make it a great experience with women okay i'll say this about the single guy at the wedding 
it's already attractive being the guy at the wedding who is single because one, you don't look scared to be alone, which is attractive. Two, you're dressed nice or yeah. hopefully nicer than normal. So you look good. I was at a wedding a couple of years ago. It was the most fun wedding. And the guy there, his name was George. Hilarious. So much fun. The most fun guy on the, the dance floor met his future wife that night. Really? And they are married. I mean, wow. he was, I, I was attracted to him and he why? was a hairy beast. Why? Tell me why. What about him because was attractive? Because he was just so much fun. I wanted to dance with him. I wanted to hang around him. I wanted to do the limbo with him because he was fun. And that's what you have said, Marnie, a couple times about the guy being just crazy on the dance floor. It doesn't matter if you can dance or not. I mean, he had some decent moves. <laughs> and you can tell like a lot of his time in college was spent doing doing just that. But, I mean, he did. He met his future wife there. They're married now. And Really? I love story. that story. So there's yeah. a pro to being single at weddings because a lot of guys freak out out about being the single guy at a wedding, but well, you can walk away with either a wife or all day like a blowjob. And and the key, what you got to <laughs> do second one is the better one. <laughs> as the guy, you got to talk to the man whose wedding it is or the woman whose wedding it is, and find out who they're inviting. You talk That's to the clutch. You talk yes. to the guy, be like, hey, are there going to be a lot of single girls there? Because the guy knows. The guy knows right oh, away because sure. the woman is a Nazi about this wedding list. So he knows everyone that's on there. Be like, is there a lot of single girls there? And if the guy goes, you know, what? no, man, it's a bunch of, you know, chicks with their boyfriends or find out about the bridesmaids, especially they're the For sluttiest sure. ones of all. But like, <laughs> hey, now. you know, you find out not you, you're taken, but the ones <laughs> who aren't taken for sure are getting down that night. Uh-huh. And then if there are no single girls there, then bring a girl. But okay. if there are single girls there, go solo. That's what, actually really good advice. I think it's great advice. What are other good things to ask about? Like, do you want to know information about these girls before? Like, other than the fact that they're single? You know, it's the regular. Is she is she semi-cute? Yeah. Is she ready to go? Done. Okay. That's all you need to know. <laughs> no and, Facebook screening? And if, you, if they are a couple single girls, be like, hey, man, hook a buddy up. So then that guy, while he's at these rehearsal parties, he's like, hey, I got my buddy coming in. You know, Johnny over here. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a really cool up. guy. He's cute. All of a sudden, that girl's primed, ready to go. You don't even got to say hello. Well, <laughs> I mean, a, a great thing for the people planning the wedding to do, if they're thinking this, if they have this much time on their hands to worry about it, to put the single people that might like each other at, at a table because, you know, you don't get to pick your seat. So if right. you're placed next to someone really cute or nice and you just strike up a conversation because you're forced to sit next to each other. I mean, there you go. I think that's great. And what about, so can you guys tell me, or you ladies tell me, what a wedding does to women? Like, do you remember being single and going to weddings and like what kind of place it puts you into? Let me tell you this about a wedding. No one looks more attractive at the wedding than the groom. Because it is so attractive to see a guy in love with a girl and celebrating it in front of people. I mean, every wedding I go to, it doesn't matter if it's family. I'm like, that groom is fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, I does. And that's my cousin. Too. Yeah. And then I'm like, and I want that for myself. It puts exactly. you in the mating Why didn't mindset. I? Yes. Yeah. It for puts, sure. It puts you in that like prowl, as, as Mo calls it, the beast mode. Beast yeah. mode. The beastess mode. There's mm-hmm. got to be a lady version of that. Yeah. But I feel like whenever you see that, like Kristen was saying, it's the hottest thing and you are ready to have some You're loving. Just a bunch of cats so, and heat. Lesson from this is make a lot of friends and get invited to their weddings. Or if you know somebody is engaged, start befriending them so mm-hmm. that you will be invited to the wedding. It's prime or, pickup land. Or be a wedding crasher. Exactly. Or be a wedding crasher. Don't be a wedding crasher. <laughs> Why? <laughs> So you're, you're over, you don't like it. But yeah, we I w- were talking about today before the show started the, you know, the myth of bad boys a little bit and, and how women, you know, some men think that women want the bad guy, but we, we don't really know necessarily if that's really 
what we want. We were just saying but, we want the groom. So clearly we don't, yeah, we really don't want, want the, the bad boy. boy, which is really interesting because I, I will say a lot of guys write to me and say, you know, I want to get girls. I want to have one night stands. I want to do this, this and this, but I don't want to become a bad boy, an asshole or a player or a jerk. And I always tell them, like, I don't know who made up this rumor that women love bad boys and that's what they ultimately want because we, we do not. And so actually on Twitter, I put out like, what is your definition of a bad boy? Because maybe I was just understanding it differently than other people. Um, so people gave in their responses and some people were just like, oh, it means a guy who gets girls or it means a guy who, you know, treats women horribly. And I can say as a woman, I don't want any guy treating me horribly. It's not something I sit up at night dreaming of and say, oh, I can't wait till I meet like an unreliable asshole who I treats can't me wait horribly. Until I meet my oh. asshole will come. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. can't wait to meet the white knight who will stab me with his knife. Exactly. You know, like, don't think that. So then what is it that women do want when men are envisioning these bad boys? Because they'll be at a bar and they'll look at this one guy who's like who they think is like slimy but really what they are is actually probably charismatic and they're like how come that guy gets the girl and I'm so nice I'm so great I'm so wonderful but I still can't get her I think the key point of what women do find attractive about these quote-unquote bad boys is that they don't necessarily they're not as needy Maybe they, and, and I think that's what's initially attractive. Maybe they don't need you as much as you feel like you you want to be with them. But I don't think ultimately you can sustain a relationship like that and you don't want to be with someone like that. Right. But initially we were talking about a few episodes ago about just going up to a girl and I was saying, you know, he passes her a note and then walking away. And I think that's kind of what we see the bad boy as, the guy not really needing us. Yeah, and not, and, yeah. And that's it, like the bad, and I've realized this with a lot of women the bad boys, women want what they can't have, especially when we're younger. On both sides of the sex, we want what we can't have. The bad boy is what you can't have. He's never going to be sure. there. He's not naggy. He's not going to need you. He's going to treat you like shit. He's going to ignore you, all these things. And then what happens is women get shit on enough by the bad boys to where they decide somewhere around 24, 25. And, and in your case, older. your friend actually did shit on. <laughs> in this case, my buddy did shit on this girl. Yes. And she probably wanted a bang him after yeah but but there is a point where women go no more bad boys for me i want the white shiny knife well marnie actually has a story um with her that is exactly that where she goes through like a barrage of yeah. just bad boys and we and the, yeah well actually Marnie's i, I wanted to it. read it it's an article it, it is a little bit lengthy so i'm just giving like a disclaimer before story time with yes. marnie oh i like it and also story time with marnie may have um, moments of me fumbling over words because my eyesight is not very good mm -hmm. so if you happen to know a great she optometrist that you should that can send me to please tweet to us she and went let to me know in canada i don't believe that she just it's, can't read it's true <laughs> it's horrible all right okay so the the article is called the day i stopped falling for jerks and it's this woman named laura fraser and i have to be honest and say like laura fraser did a really good job of um describing how what goes on inside our minds when it comes to comparing, you know, the bad boy and the nice guy. Okay, so listen up. I, re I recently came across a photo of a sexy Brazilian man I had an affair with a few years ago. Okay, I googled him. When I saw his sly smile and unruly black hair, I couldn't help thinking that by comparison, my live-in boyfriend wasn't quite as darkly seductive or exciting. I met the Brazilian in line for a film screening while visiting Manhattan from San Francisco. I was convinced I'd found my ideal man, intellectual, witty, artistic, and hot. We spent a passionate week together, and when I left town, I thought I was leaving behind a new long-distance boyfriend, one who it turned out didn't like to call or email 
ever. I thought our fling was the start of a relationship. He thought it was a fling, period. Disappointing, but it fit my usual pattern. I would fall for a brilliant guy with an irresistible smile who never quite fell for me, but who possessed all the qualities I liked in a man. A sense of humor, certified smarts, smoldering looks. Each time these men, dashing chefs, moody architects, would give me just enough attention to keep me in their narcissistic orbit. Whether or not they'd ever call was just part of the thrill, always keeping me on edge. Outwardly, I told myself I was having fun, and it was just a matter of time before someone wanted to settle down. Inside, I started to worry that I wasn't lovable or exciting enough. It's kind of sad. And that is ultimately what happens it's like you're not sure you're lovable because you have somebody that's not treating you so so wonderfully mm-hmm. sorry to break into this but it is it i would say that this is um comparable to the friend zone that a lot of guys mm-hmm. talk about both of them are like guys think that a girl puts you into the friend zone and the girls think the guy's putting you into this like this zone as well when in in you know all truthfulness it's really your responsibility to get out of either situation Sorry for the break. It's true. But okay, so I will, I'll go back to what I was reading. Um, my friends were concerned sometime after the Brazilian, a buddy observed, you need to be the Brazilian in your own relationship. By that, she meant I needed a solid guy I could rely on. But was it possible to be stable and exciting? She had a point, but the kind of guy she described sounded so boring, I figured I'd, be- I'd be better off getting a dog. Then I met Peter, or rather re-met him. I had known Peter vaguely in college. He'd recently emerged from a divorce and onto a dating site where I'd been lurking. I passed over his profile which depicted an earnest guy with bright blue gray eyes wearing an old guatemalan sweater but he recognized me and we started chatting there were no witty phrases in his emails no sense that he was teetering on that razor's edge between genius and madness unconvinced of his romantic potential i invited him over for soup less a date um than a get together with an old friend from the moment he walked in i felt like he started he'd been sitting in my living room forever i didn't feel compelled to impress him he seemed to genuinely like like my apartment, my books, my soup, and me. We laughed easily and kissed each other goodnight. Surprisingly, given how kind he was, I didn't want to stop kissing him. The next day, he called to ask when he could see me again. Unusual behavior considering the guys I dated. On our second date, we had a quiet dinner at a bistro. On our third, he told me he was really interested in a committed relationship. I'd never heard a man say such a thing, but even though it was what I'd always said I wanted, the word monogamy sounded a lot like monotonous. Everything about Peter was steady. He used to own a recording studio and now had a less exciting gig as a construction manager. He had a cheerful disposition and didn't swear at drivers. He'd raised a considerate daughter who shared his quirky sense of humor. My friends told me I totally scored finding a smart, handsome, six foot more, six foot four man who adored me. Pause as I press it. Next, to go to the next page. <laughs> All right. Da, 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 da. Okay. By our second month of dating, Peter told me he loved me that I was beautiful, that he liked my shoes, and that he was the luckiest man in the world to find me. We didn't always have the uh, chemistry of a one-night stand, but we had a constant warmth that made me want to cuddle up next to him. At the same time, it made me incredibly anxious. I loved hearing Peter's offbeat observations about music and architecture, watching him rewire the lighting the lighting in my apartment, listening to his boyish laugh, um, but where was that manic streak of irresponsibility I craved? It seemed too easy. I didn't have to try to pin down an artistic wandering soul to persuade him to love me or clamor for his attention. Without that, the romance seemed to lose a certain thrill. 
One evening, after one too many drinks, some demon took over my brain and I confessed that I thought he was too boring for me. I gave him a long list of, of all the ways he wasn't interesting enough. He was always even-tempered. He didn't come up with crazy ideas, asking me as other men had to take off to Argentina, ride the roller coaster in Santa Cruz, or swallow vision-inducing drugs with a Sherman, a Charmin, a shaman, sorry, in the Amazon. <laughs> shaman toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it on Amazon. Uh, he was predictable, <laughs> showing up when he said he would, bringing flowers, picking me up at the airport. Peter looked crushed. Are you breaking up with me, he asked. I hadn't planned on it. Uh, inexperienced as I was with intimacy, I thought I was just airing my feelings. Breaking up was the last thing I wanted. I didn't know what I would do without his hugs and gap-toothed smile. No, I mumbled, embarrassed and worried that he was going to flee. But Peter pushed back. Just because I'm not an asshole doesn't mean I'm boring, he said. You need to figure out the difference. Now that was interesting. He left pissed off and I uh, ruminated all the next day. Peter was right. When I considered it, most of the charismatic men I dated were actually jerks or bad boys. Hardly a relationship material. They'd subtly reject me but keep me around for fun, playing games where I always ended up the loser. I suppose... I'd always have, um, I'd always been attracted to commitment phobes because some part of me felt unlovable. It was a lot easier to fall for the guy who I knew on some level would never fall in love with me. There was nothing to risk. The real risk would be to finally be vulnerable to love. The problem wasn't that Peter was boring. It was that I was scared to be in a real relationship. Who cared if he didn't speak three languages? Peter made me feel deep, uh, deeply happy, not constantly anxious that I wasn't good enough. His uh, solidity was exactly why I realized I loved him so much. The next day, too scared to call, I texted Peter that I loved him too. He came over and crowed about it and then insisted I tell him out loud. Now I say it all the time. And the more he feels secure, the more he's game for new adventures. Going to Patagonia and Mexico, hosting parties, learning to ski. These days I feel silly for not realizing a long time ago what I needed. Someone I could trust with my heart. And that beats a sexy Brazilian any day. Bam. Brazilian wax or the Brazilian man? Because so, I don't know if it beats the wax. You don't know if it does? Yeah, I don't know. So what do you guys think of this this article? I know that was very long, but I think it yeah. really like, it, it painted a really good picture and hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. Well, it also brings us to this week's chapter in the man's playbook. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. All right, so this week's chapter in the man's playbook is all about Being the, bad the bad boy. boy. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What do you think of that article? What do you think about bad boys in general? And do girls really want to be with the bad boy? Well, um, I will just start by saying um, the demon in her head was me. <laughs> and I do the same thing where I shoot myself in the foot, but ultimately it might lead you to where you're supposed to be with your relationship. Um, aside from that, the bad boy thing is so fleeting. And it's just, it's like why people enjoy movies because it's not real. You know, it doesn't really exist. It can almost make you feel like you're living in this alternate world when mm -hmm. you're with a bad boy. But the bottom line is it's not going to last. So if that's what you're looking for, don't go for the bad boy. And good night. 
Yeah, and that's my opinion. No, but for for both sides, like, so do women really want to be with a bad boy? Is that ultimately what we want? I think think there's a certain type of woman that does. Younger women definitely want to be with bad boys. But they're not looking for a long-term thing yet. They're not. You know, they might think they are. But in your mind, as a younger girl, you're still looking. They have very little dating experience, and they have very little confidence in themselves for the most part. And I feel that's what these bad boys feed off of is these kind of insecure women that don't necessarily know who they are and what they want yet. Do you think that these boys like feed off of them? So you have guy friends who are like, I know that you know, girl's it's, insecure. It's I'm going to go after feed her. feed off of them. They don't give a fuck about them. That's right. what it is. And, and because they don't give a fuck about them, they attract the girls. But they're attracting the wrong type of girl. I, I think that the bad boy thing is always going to be short term. Um, yeah. You know, it's never going to be something that you're going to get Just into like for thing. a long time. Just like our podcast, no, what his thing? Oh, his thing. <laughs> Short term, like no. Well, I think if you want a, if you want like a young, beautiful, not so smart in the head type of girl that you could just have a couple fun times with, it's good to be a bad boy. I think the problem it, with the bad boy, just from the, just from the name, is bad boy. You know, it's like when you're a bad boy, you're not a man. And you're, you know, you do selfish things. You, you are only concerned for yourself. And so the problem is, is right there. So maybe be the bad man where you're being bad. And that sounds so absurd, but you're being bad, but you're also being a man. You're also paying. So you have that attraction level of really pulling her in with this whole I'm bad. But then you also have that other side, which is fulfilling her other needs. Well, it's the integrity side. Because I don't think any, even if you're like a dumb bimbo, as we were saying before, that dumb bimbo is not saying to her girlfriends, oh, I wish I could find somebody that would be really rude to me and like not pay for my meal. She's just looking for that. You know, not open a door for me and blah, blah, blah. Nobody, nobody is saying that. And nobody deserves that. Ultimately, I think. Um, Listen, we're not going to solve the bad boy issue. There are, there are some insecurities from women and for men. Insecurities, men end up being friends with a woman they really want for a long period of time without asking for it. And women end up dating a, a selfish person who may not be into them as much as they are into yeah. those guys. And they stick around hoping that guy is suddenly going to love them equally to how much they love them back. But I think the the real lesson from this for the chapter in the man's playbook is to learn to have a balance of some of the characteristics of this bad boy that right. women are drawn to as well as being the kind man. Like exactly what you're talking about, being the bad man. Even though I don't like but, adding the word bad to it. Yeah. It's just being a man. It's yeah. being a man and, and having that balance. And I think you can you can be a man who is genuinely attracted to someone and into them and putting equal parts into the relationship, but also be that, you know, exciting adventure, like share your hobbies with her. Like the hottest thing for me is like someone who's really passionate about something and that you can, you know, share in new things with them. I think that's part of what women want in that bad boy is like a new adventure. We're basically sure. telling you to be 007. Yeah. Figure <laughs> really it out. Are. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Or it a hard. Disney character. It is, it is very difficult. But but ultimately, like I always say, you got to turn yourself on first before you're ever going to turn a woman on. So you kind of have to have an exciting life. You have to inject some fun into the way that you live your life. Because um, she was talking about, you know, these guys who would say on a whim, let's go on a roller coaster in Santa Cruz. That isn't so far-fetched. That actually is super fun and that's something you should be injecting into your life 
on a constant basis. Um, but Haley, yeah. you, what you, you should say if you want to be the bad man is like, let's go sneak into the mu- amusement park and yeah. then ride the roller coaster. Exactly. You know, I mean, it just you probably would do it, and that wasn't a real suggestion. No, and you'll but, really pay for it. But it's, it's still, it's it's like that excitement that's right there. They just want to see that you're a little bit fun. Because I will be honest and say that you know sometimes I have that with my husband when I first met him, I, I was super comfortable with him, and that was great and wonderful and it got a little boring sometimes and then we would go out and do something and I would suddenly see this exciting side again and be like oh this is why I like him and as long as there's that balance there but if I consistently was like okay I, I called him three days ago and he hasn't called me back it would feed off of my insecurities. Right. It's like it's like finding a medium between a minivan and a sports car. Right. It right. really is. It really is. You have you to don't find, need the Lamborghini. You don't, and you and you definitely don't want to be the guy with the minivan. You know. Right. So a nice mid-sized sedan will do. No, well, not even like a sedan. Like maybe <laughs> a spoiler. A, maybe like that. I don't know, I'm not you just want to be a fun that. car. Be right. a fun be car. A fun be car. reliable and safe. Great right. on Consumer Reports ratings. Be semi-expensive. Yeah, and but you're not completely but dangerous. These, this is all metaphor. These by men the way, need to realize if they if they are that guy, just get ready. There's going to be women who are just falling in love with you, and if you're they not really ready will. for but, that, but you're going to be breaking. It's hearts. like love potion number have, nine. Yeah, exactly. If they if they can find this balance of this guy, which you know I I teach guys how to do on my website. Winggirlmethod.com. I'm going to plug <laughs> shameless. myself. Backs, shameless, backs shameless, shameless, and amazing. But go to that website. Um, but it, it is teaching you how to be that balance. And you're absolutely right that you do get women falling for you and being in love with you. But the wonderful thing is, is that when you are this man who can be a man of integrity, you can break up with them honestly so that they don't go down this horrible spiral yeah. and become obsessed with you and you're teasing them for three months. And you could probably the break bad up boy. with them and pick it up again at any time you want. <laughs> But that's being Don't an asshole. Don't do that. You're you're fucking guy. No. A lot He's of the a bad man. Can I just tell you one thing? For if you want, if, if this is what bad boys do, they they are just they're selfish. They're living their own life, which is totally fine if that's the way they want to. But when they start bringing somebody else into them and their behavior affects another person, there is a domino effect. Yeah. You end up. You know, ignoring a woman or dangling some whatever in front of her head that penis. She, yes, <laughs> dangling a penis in front of her yeah. head that she'll never be able to get. And what happens to that woman is that she sticks around. She becomes really insecure, as this woman was talking about, believing she's unlovable, and that's all obviously on her shoulders. But in her next relationship, she brings that baggage with her. So then, when you are ready to not be an asshole, you're up against all these women who have been fucked with for many, okay, many but, but years. Okay, but we can't blame it all on the guys. Okay, no. Oh, it's them sometimes too. we are honest with women like, hey, that's I'm going to treat you so good. I do not want anything out of this. That's a different, other but that's than, different. That's, other but that's a different guy. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> and then the girls like are getting it all the time. And they're like, well, I'm just, I, I need it. I but want that's it. a different it's guy. That is on the girl's shoulders. If a man is being completely honest, being like, I don't want anything else from you, but I'm having fun. I'm having a great time. But I just want you to know, I don't want a relationship. That is on her. Yeah. That is her who is making the mistake of thinking she can get something else. So not on the guys. But if you're the guy who's saying like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, but then you disappear for five days and you go fuck another girl while you're gone, that's an asshole. Right. And and a lot of a, a lot of being a bad boy is the mystery is kind of like you don't know where he's gone for those four days. But to find that happy medium when you first start dating, you don't always have to be accessible immediately. Don't ignore her and don't make her feel like she's left out. But also 
disappear for a day or take an hour and a half to respond to her text message. Absolutely. To just give her that little sense of like, you might have, have something going on. And that makes you important to mm-hmm. her. If you're important elsewhere, you'll appear important to her. Absolutely. But don't you dare <laughs> make a girl think that you're going to take her home to mom and then peace out. This happened to a girlfriend of mine, maybe in a different episode we can talk about, or I can get into it now. But it was the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. This guy was obsessed with her, like wanting to take her home to mom. I like, I think I can marry you. And then nothing. That was the opening for Sex in the City. Yes, I just watched that one. We do. <laughs> No, but, but that ha- that's actually a whole other episode to talk but about. That's we can just, break that down. Yeah, that's exactly. interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's but, a, but it's I, the first episode of Sex and yeah, the City. Yeah. First I, episode. The pilot episode. Exactly. Um, so the, actually, what I would love for you guys to do is maybe collectively we can put together some tips about how guys can be that exciting, good guy. Like so that, y- y- you know, the girl that you start seeing isn't bored out of her mind when she's dating you and like bored by the fact that you're reliable because you've got this balance of something else that's all so exciting. So you so Kristen gave a really good example of, you know, don't text her back right away. Wait an hour and a half to text her back or possibly after you go on your date with a girl, don't, you know, text her and say you had a good time. But then don't text her again until you want to go out with her again. There's no need. Wear a white T-shirt and roll up some cigarettes in it. Nope. <laughs> uh, go on exciting dates. Like take a girl bike say. riding at the beach or sea dews or, or, or some kind of cool climbing or something that's really different and adventurous like that's that. going to get her outside of her normal comfort zone. Anything that you see on The Bachelor, repeat. Oh. Any of those any of those dates because that is freaking awesome. Although they're so like you cannot do that in real life. Yeah, my fiance took me to the Magic Castle mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it. But we also snuck behind um, one of the stages and went backstage. Got it on. See? And it was so exciting. awesome because then a show started. <gasps> and we were stuck behind the show that was going on. And we saw this guy reach the curtain and we were behind the curtain to grab his like props. And we're like, oh my God. And so it so was. You were part of the show. Yeah, it was so exciting though because it was like one of our, you know, first few dates, and it was so exciting because before he was really this good guy, but it showed me this other side to him that I didn't expect. Yeah. Gave you yeah. a rush. That I, I'm yeah. having a rush just from even hearing. Yeah, we had that. sneak up the stairs, and anyways, Magic Castle is a great awesome. place to go yeah. do that. Because I will say, even those things like really get me going. So, we're, we're, like my husband and I will have really nice dates. We'll have great conversation, and then we'll be walking home, and first, and then in some way, he'll literally just like yank me and lead me towards some wall and then make out with me for a second and like that makes my heart skip a beat and I feel a rush and I'm totally turned on by him because it does put me into that really feminine place and him into that really masculine place. Lady boner zone. Yeah. Okay. So what have we learned from this chapter in the man's playbook? We've learned that being an asshole will get you nowhere except for a, uh, you know, a lifetime of headaches from crazy, insecure women with baggage and that to be a man women want, you can have that wonderful balance of being a really good guy who has exciting, fun things about him. Ask it and do this. Ask your parents or ask someone who's older about a bad boy that they knew when they were younger and find out where they are now. They might not be in the best relationship. They might, you know, ask ask your parents about a bad boy that they knew growing up and where they are now. Because it's probably, they probably have a lot of tattoos and are wrinkly and alone. And, yeah. And They're alcoholics. Own, and right. They're calling exactly. up their first love. Exactly. Nah, I can leave your I husband. love you. Exactly. Leave your husband. Everything's fleeting. So this whole thing of being exciting, it has to come to an end at some point, And you want to gracefully come to that end. So, you know, just finding that happy medium, maybe having one tattoo, but having a woman next to you holding it to cover it from 
other people, so it's not embarrassing anymore. <laughs> right. So that's right. your takeaway for the man's playbook. Marnie, what do we have up next? Well, we have a very special guest who will be calling in from down under. She is a wonderful woman that I met probably two years ago um, from my uh, dating expert world. Her name is Nadine, and she runs the website Healthy You, Healthy Love. But she's going to talk to us about how we can pick the best mates for us. So when we get back, we'll be talking to Nadine and analyzing this. Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom. So you no longer have to use cayenne pepper, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're backing up that promise. So check this out, guys. Go to adamandeve.com and you'll get 50% off almost any item when you enter offer code ASKWOMEN at checkout. Okay, that's a pretty good deal in itself. But if you do it now, you'll also get a free Big O kit. Who Ow! doesn't love the Big O, right, guys? I love Big O's. <laughs> that's the dream. Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibe. Can you use that as hair gel, too? <laughs> You'll also Some get places. your entire order sent to you for free. So hurry, take advantage of this deal while it lasts. You can choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or almost anything else for 50% off. Then you'll also get free shipping plus the Big O kit, including the Climax Gel and Mini Vibe. Just use offer code ASKWOMEN at checkout. That's AskWomen at AdamandEve.com. You're listening to the Ask Women Podcast, a Podcast One presentation. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Uh, Hey guys, welcome back to the Ask Women Podcast. Uh, Do us a favor, and I know we mentioned it at the top of the show, but please, if you're buying anything on Amazon, go to the top of our website um, on Podcast One. Which is, which uh, is podcastone.com slash ask dash women. There is an Amazon little logo. If you click on that button right there and then purchase something, then you help support this show so that we can stay on a little bit longer. Um, and then also the, the contest we talked about at the top of the show where... You spend money, and the person who spends the most money uh, tweets in their receipt to us from Amazon. And then at the end of July, we will pick the person with the highest receipt, and I will give them a free coaching session. So yeah. you get like whatever you bought on Amazon plus time with me. Yeah, tweet, tweet it in or email it to. Oh, or email it to uh, ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Yeah, do it. Awesome. Do it, please. All right. So um, we have uh, Nadine on the phone. Yes, we do. So Nadine from Healthy You, Healthy Love. Oh, wait, I think I said that wrong. Healthy, yes, Healthy You, Healthy Love, actually. You can find out more about Nadine on my website, winggirlmethod.com slash Nadine. But we have Nadine on the phone, and she is a wonderful dating and attraction coach for men and for women. So Nadine, welcome to the show. Money, it's wonderful to be there, and it's lovely to be here chatting to all of you. So three guys, so three girls plus one guy. Yes. Well, right. now it's four girls it's plus like one guy. Three ladies and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> three ladies, a guy, and a girl from down under. Exactly. I love it. I love that we're having like an Australian color on the phone. Well, you know what I love, Nadine, is the fact that when you you help women find mates. But in Australia, that could just mean you f- you help women find friends. <laughs> but over here, <laughs> but over I was here, waiting for the pun. Well, I would love if you could if you could tell you know the listeners a little bit more about what you do, who you are, and why the hell they should listen to you. <laughs> Okie dokie. So look, I have been a coach for many years, and 
uh, I originally started working mainly with women, and then I was finding I was working a lot with men. Like for the, for a couple of years, I had seventy to eighty percent men, and I was finding that you know as much as and I was on the dating scene for a long time myself, and I was finding that so many people just didn't have the basic relationship skills set out there. And uh, so I became very passionate about working with couples and teaching people about dating and confidence and all that stuff that makes for a really healthy, connected uh, and easy relationship. And unfortunately, most of us weren't taught it uh, when we were growing up. And obviously, we all had different role models um, and sometimes they weren't great. So it's just learning. um, Sometimes it's the basic stuff that makes relationships work. I have a question, Nadine. So what was the common thing that you found that people were doing wrong or that they didn't have? Most people just lack self-worth. Um, we, we're just born into a society now where a lot of our worth comes from external factors, like what do we have, what do we look like, yeah. um, what, do, um, what are we wearing, what car we drive, what job we have, who are our friends. And I think that um, it's left a lot of people quite depleted and um, also that the addict kind of society wanting a high and, and not being just comfortable within ourselves and learning how to live a more simple, uh, simplistic way of being. And um, I do think that a lot of people have disconnected with um, the inner, like the inner worth, which um, it went, once you have that, you communicate differently, you understand people differently, you relate differently. And um, a lot of my work has a lot to do with, with that because when you have that self-worth, you're not fear of getting hurt. You're not fear of communicating. You're not fe- uh, fearful of intimacy and connection and vulnerability, which are all really very powerful um, aspects or components of um, a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting that you brought up the the high, the aspect of wanting a high in a relationship because we were just mm-hmm. talking about having bad boys in relationships. Yeah. And, and what, <laughs> what's, what's your take on having a, a, being attracted to bad boys? Are women actually wanting them or is that a figment of imagination? I think that um, I think we get hooked onto things, and just because something feels so amazing, occasionally we hold on to that. So um, when someone comes and goes, or whether that sort of um, hot and cold uh, feeling with somebody, uh, when it feels good, it feels amazing. So we kind of hold out for that, and we get hooked onto stuff that isn't healthy. And just because someone is uh, you know, maybe there's a physical attraction, maybe they're really lovely to us sometimes, we think that maybe they're going to consistently be that. And so mm-hmm. we get hooked onto this this illusion or this fantasy of, of who this person can possibly be. And sometimes the bad boys do show us that part of them that we love. Um, and so therefore, there's a misconception um, sometimes that they will be that sometimes. And sometimes the bad boys lie and sometimes the bad guys or the, the naughty guys can mislead us. And so we get hooked on the lies. And um, unfortunately, um, unless something is consistent, that person is consistently kind, considerate, warm, loving, then you've really got not really uh, too much to go on, actually. So I try to teach people to get turned on by the consistency, not the inconsistency. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Wow. I feel that we never, whenever we're thinking about a relationship or a past relationship, we always think about the good times. We never really mm. sit down and write down all the bad times, all the good times, so you can equally weigh them out. That's so how I look at my old yeah. apartments. <laughs> You're like, oh, it was so fun there, although I hated it. That yeah, and, it's, and that's that addict kind of the addiction. That, yeah. And, and 
um, it feels good, you know, that it feels, you feel so alive and electric when you have this dysfunctional relationship at times and you also feel so miserable and so drained and so in, in, in emotional pain. And why would you want to go with pain? We want to go with pleasure. Right. Just save that for like the romantic comedy movies. Just like <laughs> take joy in the actor's pain or the character's pain. Do so, you think sometimes... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Marnie. No, no, go, go. Do you think sometimes that... I feel like I, I experience this. You get kind of used to, almost addicted to that roller coaster relationship where you almost crave those those highs and inevitably those lows to keep it exciting. Oh, good goodness. I don't... <laughs> I would... I... I don't know if anyone really craves the lows that much, but um, I think they're really more addicted to the high. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, some people are addicted to drama, though. They, right. they, they don't know anything different. So maybe it's more about well, when they, they've never experienced an even beautiful relationship. So that's all they know. Well, Nadine, what you were talking about in in the very beginning, where you you know Haley asked you what's the one common thing that you see for most people, and, and you said that it's it's their value of themselves or their perception of themselves, their their self worth, because mm. that comes yeah. into play here. Obviously, if you are in a relationship with someone who does give you these highs and lows and the inconsistency, um, you know, you may start to believe that you deserve that or that like in the article that we were reading mm. at the first half of the show it was this woman who didn't believe that she was lovable so she's like okay mm. well i guess i deserve this type of behavior where somebody is there oh. for two seconds and then they pull back and then they're there and then they pull back because i i agree yeah. with you i don't think anybody likes the lows and then they pull out and then, they pull, and then they pull out hopefully or else you're screwed and stuck with them for life um but <laughs> uh, but i wanted to talk to you mainly because i love everything that you're saying and i love the way that you just speak like like oh um, it's it's you're very, very wonderful very eloquent yes um it's but sexy and so, they, oh, look at this you got mm. low going mm. Beast mode. All look, from all across the last time the he behaved, behaved like this was when we had a porn star on though by the way so <laughs> exactly so watch out it's a compliment <laughs> and, uh, oh. um but i wanted it's to talk to you about because if if you know all these things that you know a lot of people do have poor self-worth then what is a way number one to gain self-worth and then select a partner like what tools should we be using or where should we be selecting from okay so it's one of those things um, in life some people think oh I really need to work for myself I really need to uh, like me and love me and that's absolutely true but a lot of people understand it as a concept not really knowing how to live it um, and so for most people, um, self, to, to, to gain more self-worth, to have a healthier relationship is, I mean, going to see a therapist is a really great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not really an option is start knowing that nothing that anyone can say, nothing that's ever happened in your life can determine or, um, uh, yeah, will determine your worth. So if, um, you know, you had a parent who wasn't very loving or wasn't very, didn't give you a lot of attention or you felt like you were the black sheep of the family or you weren't the intelligent one or the smart one or the arty one or whatever your story is um, or you weren't the popular one at school and then you have a belief that, oh, no one will love you or you're not good enough or you're not something enough or pretty enough or cute enough or rich enough for love, then all that stuff is going to actually stand in the way of you connecting. Mm-hmm. Now, can you have these kind of stories or... or um, lack of sort of self-worth and have a great relationship. Well, depends who you're in a relationship with. And I, I think that the most important thing for everyone here is, first of all, do work on, on yourself and then also be willing to work on yourself in a relationship. Right. What tends to happen is that you get into a relationship and then things start coming up and then people freeze. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, you're so right. I'm a big believer in this. I feel that people accept love the way that they've been conditioned to accept love at, since they were a child through adulthood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, and, and I feel that, you know, it's however your parents treated you. Like with, with me in my situation, you know, with my, with my girl I'm with right now, she was overloved by her parents and, and given great attention, had a great upbringing. And I'm a over lover, so it w- it worked mm-hmm. out perfectly. Yeah. Whereas I dated a beautiful girl before her who was everything I thought I wanted on paper, uh, mm-hmm. looks wise, everything, but just had a tough upbringing with her family, a dysfunctional family, didn't know how to accept love, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, and that's exactly what was wrong. Yeah, and it really mm-hmm. goes back to that whole domino effect that you were talking about, like exactly what you're saying, Mo. Is I found that when you don't know anything else, you're going to inevitably raise your children in the same way. And then they're going to love like that until I think therapy is a huge part and doing that as a couple to change those patterns is a big part of it, which is what you were saying, Nadine. I have this theory that I don't know if anyone else would ever agree with it, but I have this theory of like the every other effect, which is when you have a very loving mother or family you learn to take love, but you don't necessarily learn how to give love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then you become a mother and you're not really giving that love because you were used to getting it. And then your child becomes the person who loves because they had to give it to their mother. And then it's like this every other thing. And the reason I say that is because my grandmother was great grandmother, but she wasn't a very loving, like, t- tender mother to my mom and my mom was so desperate for that that she was so loving and tender to me but now I'm really selfish because I know how to get the love and I <laughs> yeah, love I being it. loved but I don't know how to love mm. but exactly what you, don't know, you don't know how to love so what did you say sorry you you, you know how to give love no I know how to take love I think, but I don't really know how to give it because I've always been fed it but that's interesting because ah. the fact that you know you this think? about yourself like what Nadine was talking about about people not knowing how to start the work that's how you start work once you notice that there is a thing then you know a proactive person who wants to help in their relationship would learn about how to give love go on just use google like you just go on there you read Mm -hmm. a few articles and start applying some of the things that you learn or you know go get nadine's program yeah but there's almost a feeling of you're uncomfortable with it and and i think therapy or something helps you get over that hump of pressure i'm uncomfortable giving love it makes me it makes me very nervous unless it's to my cat. I don't I don't feel comfortable totally opening up with it. I'll take it. I'll let, you know, I'll take it, but it, to give it is is um, a level of comfort I'm just not ever at. So do you, then would your partner's not feel love then or Yeah, I think like you're <laughs> I think he would say holding? that. Yeah, I think he uh, would say free that. Free therapy session yeah. for yeah. Kristen. <laughs> Maybe Kristen should start shopping on Amazon. I know, oh. seriously. Well, actually I, I am going to interrupt that cuz I would love I would love to, you know, solve all of Kristen's problems. No, don't. Problems, I don't want it solved. I like not loving. I like not I d- loving. I definitely do want to have, you know, like a not, not a clear answer cuz it's not a clear answer, but for people who are just starting to date, who maybe think that they know their list of things to look for in a mate, what mm-hmm. actually are some things that they should that that should have a high priority? Because I had a friend who was in town yeah. recently, and she's like, "Oh, I know my list." She's like, "Everybody knows my list." She's like, "As soon as somebody sees a guy that's good for me, they hook me up with him." And I'm like, "Well, how did that work out? You're not with any of them anymore, so something's not right. You're not either listing the right things, or they're not looking for the right type of guy for you." So, so mm-hmm. what is the list to have? Like, how how okay. should we be selecting our mates? 
All right. So first of all, um, chemistry isn't always a good indicator. A lot of people just will base attraction or, or uh, pursue someone based on a feeling. And a feeling is good. You, know, you want to feel, you want to have to be attracted. You want to have, you would like to have, I mean, I love to have a feeling of chemistry with someone. At the same time, though, that could be skewing your better judgment. So more importantly is, um, so chemistry in a sense is like the icing on the cake, how you feel initially around someone, their personality, their um, exterior. Um, and that can be physical, it can be uh, humor, it can be, um, uh, you know, personality can be that now there's also character so the most important thing is to spend enough time or to look out for what is good character to you so um, you know to me and I think to most people like someone who's a person of the word someone who's kind and considerate someone who's nice to all people on dates they don't treat valets waiters or anyone any differently than they treat the person that they're trying to uh, seduce or attract Um, you know someone who can communicate on a decent level, I mean, they don't necessarily need to be the most highest level communicator, but at least be willing to, you know, talk and, and talk it out. And, um, you know, those kinds of things are a really good place to start. But most people get the, I'd say, so the icing, the icing on the cake versus the cake, the base of the right. cake. So we want to make sure that the base of the cake is delicious too, because we can't eat icing for the rest of our life. We get sick and well. it doesn't work. And it's, you know, <laughs> Sorry, I said, well, no, I was just kidding with you. But yeah, yeah, I completely, I completely agree with you. And everybody else here is nodding their head. So all of us are are agreeing with you as well. Well, thank you for sharing that information with us. I think it's really great guidance for men and for women who are listening. But now we are about to get into analyze this. All right, so I'll explain to you, Nadine, and for those of you who have never heard analyze this before. So what what we do is people write into us at ask at askwomenpodcast.com and they write us in questions that they want us to analyze and break down from a female perspective or just from you know a, a, a perspective of an outside person giving a point of view. So we got some questions in from some guys and Nadine, I hope you will stick around with us to answer some of these questions. I'd love to. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So here is the first question. I'm a 22-year-old college student at the University of, I'm not going to say, and I go to the gym several times a week. I see beautiful women there all the time, but I'm not sure how to approach them. I don't want to bother them during their workout. I know I wouldn't want to be bothered while I'm, I'm in the middle of lifting a heavy weight. Should I catch them leaving at the gym and be direct? I'm not sure. What are some tips and strategies for getting phone numbers at the gym? Mike. Um, well, Mike, being a man that used to get girls at the gym, one thing that you, <laughs> being a gym rat, I will tell you, Mike. Well, look, Mike, it, you're at a college, right? You're going to see the same people at the gym all the time, especially the same women. You're like, oh, that's that girl. She's hot. Oh, that's that girl. There's no reason why you can't go up to them and just introduce yourself and say, hey, what's up? My name's Mike. Uh, nice to meet you. You know, I just moved here from blah, blah, blah. You know, what's your major? You know, just a little quick conversation and be like, nice to see you. I'll see you around. And that's it. Just start the initial conversation and open it up. Then next time you see her, be like, hey, hey, what's up, Kristen? How are you? Nice to see you again. Hey, baby. You know, (laughs) and then keep it short again. And then maybe after the third, fourth time, fifth time, who knows, after you've kind of established this, you know, pseudo rapport, gym friendship in a sense, 
then you could be like, hey, you know, my buddy's having a party over here at this house. If you and your friends want to come, more than you know, more than happy. Or if you know you've gotten something deeper than that going on, be like, hey, let's go grab coffee sometime. Or hey, let's you know, let's hang out sometime. Just don't feel the pressure of having to put it all up front right away because you're going to be seeing this person again and again and again. All you have to do is. Make eye contact. Keep that eye contact as you lift the heaviest barbells yeah. <laughs> and groan at her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Well, do you ladies? Do you guys want to be approached at the gym? Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting what Mo said because I typically don't like to be approached at the gym. But I think from a guy's perspective, if you come at it by just wanting to say hey and you're not trying to close the deal, I would feel a lot less pressure. You know, if you just say hi and introduce yourself, that's okay. But when you suddenly are putting all the pressure on it to like really get my number or whatever, it's like suddenly I'd be a bit more insecure. So in that context, I think I'd be okay with it. And guys, notice this. If she's like kind of schwitzy and sweaty and like not like looking so, like she looks better and better. Like after you introduce yourself and then the times after that you see her, she looks better and better and better. That means that she knows you're going to be there and she's starting to doll herself up for you. And that's a little (laughs) subtle hint. So Nadine, what do you think? I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Well, I think that, you know, if you can get eye contact with someone and you both hold it for, you know, a good couple of seconds or so, I think that's a pretty good indication that she's at least connected with you just on eye contact. And then I think that most people, for him, his biggest issue sounds like he's fearful also being rejected. And that's just not how the dating game works. You have to be prepared to be so-called rejected or for someone to be unavailable or not interested in order to find someone who is. So Hmm. also just getting beyond that and just like, okay, well... Uh, you don't have to make a fool. It doesn't mean that if she doesn't respond that it's a bad thing. It's just, hey, someone else will and I'll meet the next girl, ask the next girl. And um, I think that Mo's strategy is pretty spot on. And um, but uh, and uh, I think it was Haley or Kristen, I think it was Kristen, just said, um, yeah, just get some eye contact and um, even just say how I've noticed you and I wanted to come and say hi. She'll say something then. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, the truth is, for me, like, I hear a lot of women saying they don't want to be approached at the gym, but I guess because I'm married, it's different. So I I really hate working out. So anything that will pass my time, I am so open to. So if somebody comes beside me on a bike, I'm like, talk to me. Please (laughs) talk to me about something. Oh, wow. And there have been people where I'm like, you know, if I wasn't married, I, I... and you ask me out, I, I would be very open to it, where I am attracted to the person. So I don't mind being bothered at the gym. I don't really go there I to like work it. out. I just <laughs> I go there to be distracted from working out. But I think other people are very different. That's good to that. know for guys, though. It's like, you know, don't be put off like Nadine was saying. Just go for it, you know, get past the hump and... Go Say for it, hey. but definitely go yeah. for it at a time where she's not going to be uncomfortable. You know, there's like the no. hip flexor machine where she's just constantly <laughs> opening worst. and closing her legs. Let her do that and, and then, you know, and then see her a few minutes later. And, and guys, look yeah, at exactly. the... Yeah, exactly. Not when she's doing that. Yeah. Sure. And, and look at the really old guys that are at the gym. Those guys are not afraid to go up to any hot no. girl and talk to them. The old dudes, they will go up and say anything, and they wish that they were young again and had your body yeah, and the knowledge. Yeah, because they're hanging out at a college gym. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're the weirdos. One thing I do want to... they haven't graduated in 20 years, so yeah. don't, don't <laughs> they take their, their own issues. Exactly. One thing I do want to mention to like sort of piggyback on top of what Nadine was saying and sort of comment on what both Kristen and Haley were saying, you both mentioned a lot about, you know, you want to go when she would be most comfortable. That is not your concern. 
the truth is, is like, it's not your concern about making her the most comfortable. And the truth is, is that when you're the most comfortable, you probably wouldn't respond back so favorably. So I would say don't worry about their comfort levels. I mean, if she is mid, you know, thrust or something where it, it could hurt her back or it could be embarrassing to be spread eagle, then maybe, yes, wait a couple of seconds for her to get off that machine. But don't worry about like putting her in a comfortable position. As long as you're not being a dick, as long as you're being an asshole and you're just going after what you want, go for it every single time all right question oh sorry go on oh sorry okay no no, go on please i want to hear i was going to say though is that why do people go to the gym people going to the gym a lot of people actually exercise to look good for the opposite sex so So you know why not approach them at the gym Oh, I love that. Good point. All right, here's the next question. Okay, this happens to me more often than I would like. So I just, uh, I get a first date with a girl. She even texts back that same night on the, or the next day of how much fun she had. However, the problem arises, my reading is horrible. The problem arises when it, com- when it comes time for a second date. In the meantime, I usually just randomly text them to see what they are up to or something funny. They reply to this. But when I ask for the second date, they either dodge the question or stop replying to any type of text message. What do I do uh, in this type of situation? So basically he's saying like, where am I losing these girls. How come they say they have a great time, they text me back right away, but then somewhere in between the first date of having a good time and the suggestion for a second date, the attraction is gone. She Googled you. <laughs> what do you guys think? Ooh. From what from what was written here? Because, okay, let me read an, a sentence again. In the meantime, I usually just randomly text them to see what they're up to or something funny. They reply to this, but when I ask for that second date... They See, dodge. I think he screws it up into something funny that's that, probably I was just say not that, yeah. that funny. Yeah. Or, you know, my question is, is how often is he texting after that first date? Yes. I think right. sometimes we'll be prompted to have a cute response. Like, we don't want to be rude. Like, hey, cool, yeah, thanks, <laughs> doing well, thanks. LOL. But if he's constantly texting more than once, then I think that's an immediate turnoff. Yeah, and like, look, let her text you that she had a great time. Great. They'll don't text her back for a couple hours and then respond, hey, yeah, it was a good time too. And then ignore her for a day or two. <laughs> let, it, let it brood. Even for longer. Let, let her think, why isn't he texting me again? Why isn't this? And then when you text her again, don't get into this crazy banter because she gets lost in text all the time. Just, you know, text her again. Hey, you know, let's go out again next week. I'd love to take you out again. That's it. Don't get lost in the banter. Don't like let who you are be proven when you're with her. I say save the conversation for the date. Exactly. Because Chris and I were talking about this on the way over here. That what was the article that you read about emailing? Like how it's like cut out the fluff. Like that's not where you do your chit chatting. Chit chatting's for when you are live and in person with one another. I, I think mm. that a lot of guys, and from what I'm reading from, who wrote this in? This is from Thomas. Um, I think a lot of guys are afraid to lose that attraction after the initial first date, so they try and keep it fresh, right? Wait, I think I, I, think I know what it is. Ooh. Does he spell his name <laughs> T-H-O-M? If you're a Tom and you spell T-H-O-M, you're out. What? You're out. Don't. You're out. I actually, there's a kid in, no. in high school. I He loved me. He, My mom wanted me to date him. But he spelled his name T-H-O-M. I'm like, I can't go out with a thom. I can't do it. <laughs> so I think that's where his problem. No, I'm just kidding. All right, next question. No, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Wait, Nadine, so what did you want to say? I was just going to say that the only thing, I mean, me personally, this is probably a personal thing for me, is why not pick up the phone? 
I'm the same I way. Texting all the time. You have I to think pick up your I phone when you text it. Become the norm, <laughs> but sometimes you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I'd love to see you again." And I know that people don't do that because of fear of being rejected, and it's just easier to do it and to text and to get a response. And I don't know. I think that maybe he should sometimes just start calling some of these girls instead of always texting because some girls don't like it. Like, no, I want you to call me and ask me out, not text me. I'm the same way, Nadine. And I think also text kind of gets you lost in this like bullshit gray area. And when you call, at least, Mm. you know, if she doesn't call you back, Mm. it's over. If she picks up, Mm. you know, and you have a conversation, then it's really going to take it to the next level. Nadine, have you seen a change since I'm not sure how long you've been working in the industry, but have you seen a Mm. change since cell phones took over? In terms of the etiquette, since they took over the world. <laughs> yeah, well, when I, when, I, when I started this industry, cell phones were pretty uh, prevalent then too. But um, I, I think, I, I strongly feel that people just aren't connecting properly. And, I mean, I've done internet dating myself. And I don't, a couple of emails is my advice. No more than a couple, really. And then a conversation, mm-hmm. then meet up. Not, none of this you know, 20 emails, 10 conversations and a meeting up. It's just a waste of time and energy for, for me, I think. So anyway, that's my perspective. Um, and I think that, yeah, people are communicating in a way that's not going to equal um, attraction, chemistry, great relationships. So I would say that it is getting a little bit out of hand. And I think that we need to go back to old school, oh, for sure. um, communi- proper communication, speaking, meeting, done. We're going to end up like the people in Wally, just a bunch of fat people in these mobile wheelchairs with screens in front yeah, of us. Yeah, and, and we just never like have no communication. Drinking the same Slurpee, just Ex- fat asses. Exactly, no well, human well, touch. Well, let's answer Thomas's question, <laughs> which is, Thomas. Why? what do I do in this type of situation? What do I do when she stops replying? What do you guys think? What should he do? Should he still hound her? Should he send another text? Should no, he leave her alone. If she's not replying, Thom, then you know what? <laughs> like, she's not into you. Get over Let's it. Let's just call it like we see and it. And Thomas, yeah. realize the game as you're playing it on the next one. You know, after you give him a great date, let them text you. Let Leave them wanting more. Keep right. as much mystery in the beginning as possible. And that sense of humor of yours, wait to use it when you're in person because it's obviously not translating. Yeah, it's it's trying too hard to yeah. be honest and like, call them yeah. if you really want to see them like what nadine said you know give yeah. them a call make it happen you'll know for sure but one little point actually which i i we discovered Haley and i um i have this program called the insider and Haley was a wonderful part of it we had like six girls with us and we were interviewing women about you know their thoughts on calling and texting and i remember asking your friend i think it's megan uh-huh. and i said you know what do you think about guys calling versus texting and she said well i love when a guy calls it doesn't mean i'm going to answer yeah that's interesting yeah so so if but she said i can still like him i'm just so uncomfortable answering the phone because i don't know what to do when i answer the the phone right yeah it depends on the on the the girl but she's like i will text him back but she's like she's like i don't want guys to think that that means i don't like them it just means that i'm uncomfortable answering the phone which i thought was a really interesting point i like her you're like you know know megan oh it's megan of course she said i was thinking like if i was him i would just text her once after the date whether that's the next day or whatever it is, and then she can respond and then call. That yeah. would be my thing. Yeah, One call. text and then a call. Yeah, call with a purpose. Text with a purpose. Anything is like, I'm not calling you because I just want to like chit-chat for five minutes. I'm calling to set up our next date so that we can be together in person mm. and do something mm. exciting and interesting. 
Done. All right. Here is the next question from John. Hello. uh, Hello. (laughs) I've been listening (laughs) to your podcast, reading your newsletters, implementing your advice, and I've gotten some positive results, i.e. dates with gorgeous women. I've also had my fair share of dead end approaches, and it got me thinking, do some women flirt just for sport with men they feel no attraction to? Of course, I could have misread the signals, but I think it's a valid question. If you've covered this in your podcast already, I missed it. Um, thanks for all your work and advice, John. So, do women flirt for sport with women with men that they're not attracted yeah, it's to? It's like female hunting. It's like it doesn't make any sense. Like oh, we're not yeah. going to eat the meat, but we want to do it's, it anyway. The same way, the same way that us men use, you know, low hanging fruit to build up our confidence to go after the big one. Same it's like thing. Me going to Neiman Marcus and just like trying all the sunglasses and taking their time, even though I'm never going to buy them. I just want to see what it looks like. Right. Yeah. yeah I certainly <laughs> think girls. Yeah. I, I, I think absolutely. No, it's perfect. I love all it. It's funny because I was on this. Um, I was on the Suicide Girls radio show, and the host of the show is from England, and we started talking about flirting in general. And she was like, "Oh, there's. I could hear backlash." Or background? Do you hear that? <laughs> Feedback. Yeah. Feedback, whatever it's called. Backlash, whatever. Um, sorry about that. But I was going to say, so so we were talking about flirting because I'm Canadian, right? So I, I, I've always flirted. I flirt with the convenience store owner. I can flirt with like an old man, old woman. I, I flirt with everybody. And she was saying the same <laughs> thing for her from being back at home. She's like, flirting was a normal part of your life. Flirting with sexual intent is a different thing. But being mm. fun and flirty is, is a very open thing to do. I'm speaking for all of Canada. Canada and all of the UK, but over there for us. But when both of us moved over here, there there were many more rules around flirting. That's like interesting. Fl- like flirting, it wasn't as much I fun. Maybe because of all the because, sexual harassment and everything. I, I mean, don't know. no, I, I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. My immediate take would be to think that it's a, a politer society where you people are nicer to each other in in Canada and right. in the UK. So I don't think we have that here. It's a very competitive society. So not everyone's opening to open to having having a friendly banter you know and i think yeah, that's more that's likely true. in other cultures so what can is john yes yeah, so so what can john do i guess this is hard start flirting thinking about a guy though like to tell if a girl's flirting with him for, right. for sport or if she's really into him right how can he differentiate the two look mm. you know always at the end of the conversation if you want to go next level take it to the next level okay she says no or oh i have a boyfriend whatever you know say you get denied who cares, John? You're flirting with women. That's a good thing. The man who flirts with women is going to get a woman. Yeah. The man who has no women mm. flirting with him and doesn't flirt will not get a woman. So just because this specific one isn't going to work out, the next one's going to work. You look, flirt with 10 girls. I guarantee you it's going to work out once. Right, for sure. So yeah. I think I think the answer is yes. Women do just flirt for sport. They're not meaning to be cruel or manipulative towards you. They're not doing it to like punch you in the balls. They're just – they're flirting for fun it feels nice to feel attractive yeah. and to get yeah. attention and, and it does on the other side for you too so go flirt yeah, exactly go flirt what mo said fun john how about you do it for sport and then you'll realize you'll become the hunter and they'll become the hunted <laughs> and then they'll end up hanging by their feet in your he garage is loving mo just grew some claws. his masculinity this episode he's like i'm a man awesome oh. do we have any more time for for oh uh, we got one more we Ooh, got one okay more. we have one more okay so, in your opinion, why do a lot of women have relationships with married men? That's interesting. I know some are in it for the money, but some are really in love and willing to sacrifice. I just think that women find men that aren't available really attractive. And the reason, and, and we talked about this earlier with the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to become a, a house, a homewrecker because <laughs> earlier we were talking about um, 
grooms at weddings and how attractive they look. Yeah. It's it's when a man because a man I think has shown himself to be able to be committed to a woman. Obviously he's cheating on her. He's not really that committed. But when <laughs> yeah. when that man's attention is elsewhere, I think certain women want it pointed toward them. So I think it's a want what you can't have situation. That would be my take. Mm. John Hamm is really my answer. Yeah. I see him doing it and well, because he, he had said, the question is, why do a lot of women, ha- women have uh, relationships? With their, like, why do they stay in these relationships? And Nadine, I, I would love to hear what you have to say. I think that uh, there's a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, they're potentially delusional. Um, right. <laughs> I think that a lot of women, uh, some of the guys lie and say that they're going to leave their wife and that they're miserably unhappy. Yeah. And that might not be true. And it may be true. It doesn't mean that the guy's going to leave. And I think the woman... I think that the guy will eventually leave for her. And the fact is, is that the man will treat the so-called mistress quite differently to how he treats his wife. True that. Yeah, and they get they get this feeling that this guy is like this all the time. It's very different mm. to real-life relationships. Yeah. And, and the guys can just lie, and they'll keep the girl hanging on. Or, once again, it can come, can come to self-worth, of course, not right. thinking that they're deserving of anything more. Or... The girl has fear of commitment. So what better man than a married man? I hear you. I think that's great. Because it, it's funny. I am going to to wrap this up with one final note. I, I, I've never been into a married man. Like I've never had a relationship with a married man. But I have some friends. Except your husband. Except for my husband, who I'm totally into. Mm-hmm. And he's into me, if you know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I have a couple of friends who have dated married men. And it messes them up. They yeah. they are in love with them because they have a relationship with these men. They are in a caring, loving relationship with these men who also have this attachment to their family, to commitment, to all of these vows that they took, possibly children. So there there is this like you know torn dynamic for this man where it, it's hard to let go of one thing and jump into a new thing. So he keeps both of them. But these women that I have known, it wasn't for money. But they, they were doing it for. They're, they're holding out for him to leave Absolutely. and be with them. And Absolutely. I think the, the false reality there is that's never going to happen mm-hmm. typically. So Yeah, yeah. unless you put your yeah, foot down. There's, so there's stats on that and, it, and most right. men don't leave their wives. But it does happen, but it's rare. Right. Yeah, it's rare. I, exactly. I, I, unless you're Alicia have, Keys. Yeah, I have All a right. personal example. <laughs> my sister, she never had an affair with this man. He was married, but my sister knew him for several years and was just head over heels in love with him. You know, he was like a C- CFO. At, you know, he had a lot of money and and um, and she couldn't stop thinking about him for years and years and years. And finally, he got divorced. And when they when he did get divorced, um, I mean, they immediately moved in together and became and like fell in love wow. and my sister's still with him. And I wonder sometimes if the attraction is still somewhat there for my sister because of the situation prior. They, again, they never did anything. My ne- sister was not a homewrecker. Like I will probably be one day. Um, but it, I mean, they're together and you know, they've been together for five or six years now. Wow. That's interesting. All right. Well, thank Thank you so much for all of those questions. If anybody else out there has a question for us, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you want to analyze something and have us break it down for you and give you advice that you can use immediately, right into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. You can also also follow us on Twitter at askwomenpodcast. But Nadine, thank you so much for being on the show. Nadine, are you on Twitter? Can we follow you? Oh yeah, I forgot. 
Oh, I am. Uh, Nadine, sorry, it's Nadine Pietniski, actually. N-A-D-I-N-E-P-I-A-T-N-I-S-K-I. Wonderful. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a link on my website, winggirlmethod.com slash Nadine. So it's N-A-D-I-N-E. And that will take you directly towards uh, any information from Nadine so that you can find out more about her. So thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you, ladies and Mo. That's pretty much it. That's all I got for you. Fantastic show today. Oh, yes. yes. And check in and to download the the new shows on Thursdays for Ask Women Podcast. Bye. We love you guys. Oh, man. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.